this week we're looking intently and intentionally at the covenant keeping God. And if there's one covenant that God loves to keep, it's the covenant of abundance. Little wonder the psalmist says in Psalm 37 and verse 25, he said, before I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. Because, you know, the psalmist was trying to let us understand that God loves to keep the covenant of abundance. Yeah, the covenant of abundance. Jesus was talking about the enemy in John 10. He said, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it. How? Oh, I cannot hear you, global impact. How? In abundance. God loves to keep the covenant of abundance. And I'm, I'm here tonight to remind somebody, somebody that is, you know, here, somebody that is online at the other experience centers, that it's time for you to make up your mind. As you celebrate God this season as a covenant-keeping God, to embrace him fully as the God that keeps the covenant of abundance. You know, sometimes you second-guess whether God, you know, still keeps a covenant of abundance, especially when you are living in the kind of climate that we are living in. You know, we're coming here today from the island, and I budgeted like maybe 90 minutes to two hours to get here. But we got here in less than one hour. The road was free. Because square price has gone up. <laughs> so the road is freer now. Because people are beginning to park their cars. You know, it's one thing for you to have cars. It's another one to have square. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? This is not just the days where you pray, God, give me a car. So plus square money. In abundance. <laughs> I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. <laughs> Praise God. Give your neighbor a high five and tell your neighbor abundance is your portion. <laughs> say to somebody, say abundance in your, is your portion. In the name of Jesus. The Bible talks about the blessing of Abraham in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, curse is everyone that hung on the tree. Said that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles. Yeah. That the blessing of and the blessing of Abraham, one major blessing of Abraham is the blessing of abundance. Abraham being the one that brought us into this covenant, we also must experience, mind my words, we must experience abundance. If not, that covenant is not working like worked for Abraham. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Genesis chapter 13, when you read verse 2, if you put that on the screen, I would appreciate it. Genesis 13 and verse 2. The Bible talks about how Abraham increased. Yeah. Abraham, the Bible says, was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. Verse 3. And he went on his journey from, from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ahai, verse 4, to the place of the altar was. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. That's the covenant-keeping God. 
he will sacrifice, he will serve the Lord, and God was blessing him. But look at this. Lot also, who went with him, had what? Flocks and herds and tents. Just for going with the covenant man. Now, the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were what? Can I hear you better? Uh, does that look like small, small? No. It was so great that they could not dwell together. Their possessions had become so great. That is the effect of the covenant. And God loves to keep the covenant of abundance. That is the effect of the covenant. Their possessions became so great that they could not. They wanted to pack it up. They started quarreling. I mean, their elsewhere were quarreling because the space could no longer take them. They outgrew the space that they were used to. Anyone who had influence on my voice, if you have stayed in a house for 10 years, I'm sending you out. By the power of the Holy Ghost. This season, God will give you another place. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That God of Abraham that made him outgrow his space. You will outgrow your space. If your shop has been in the same place, your business has been in the same location, 10 years in the spirit we're serving quick notice. Not to send you out of business, but to send you to a place of room. Somebody, you are shifting to your Rehoboth. You are going to your place of many rooms. A larger place to fulfill destiny. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Genesis 26. Give me Genesis 26 verse number 12. That same blessing reflected on the life of Isaac. The same covenant. The same covenant. The same covenant. When it passes from generation to generation, it does not diminish. So, somebody may be here, listen to me, your grandmother, grandfather, and all that. Your children are the seed of the righteous. They must prosper in the land. Anyone under the influence of my voice, <laughs> maybe you are still sending money to your married child at recharge 2023 an end has come to it we have come to declare your children are the seed of the righteous they must prosper in the land in the name of the lord jesus thank you father then isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year that's the year where there was famine famine year like you know like what's happening around the world right now. He sowed in the land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became what? Can I hear you better, Global Impact? He became very prosperous. Next verse. For he had possessions in flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. The Philistines envied him. If you have not been envied in a while, 
you are not maximizing the covenant. Yeah, you are not maximizing the covenant. Do you know how many people drive past this road and see this humongous thing and say, God, when? Yeah? You, you understand what I'm saying? You know this, your road is very busy. And people are driving past, just see the land, say, hey, God, when? <laughs> when nobody envies you, it is not their fault. It's your fault. Because if you choose to maximize the covenant and God remains a covenant-keeping God, part of the blessing of the covenant is that somebody will envy you. Yeah. Is that somebody will envy you? Are you still with me today? Yeah? Is that, I mean, you know, for you to be envied, part of the interpretation of being blessed when you read from the Amplified Translation, when you say, blessed is a man, someone, you know, when you read Amplified Translation, it puts in bracket, enviable, empowered to prosper is the man. So the blessing is not in its full ramification until you are blessed enough to be envied. That's what I've come to do today, to launch somebody, to push somebody <laughs> into that realm where you will be envied. But God will give you wisdom to manage the, the envious people <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Because when you read Genesis 26, time will not permit me, if you continue to read, what you see there was that the envy, the enmity, the contention became very serious with Isaac but because he was a covenant man and God loves to keep the covenant of abundance at every level, he went to Sitna, he went to Isaac, places where he named based on his experience. He named one place Sitna because of enmity. He named another place Isaac, Genesis 26, because of conflict. But God made him to overcome enmity, to overcome conflict until he got to Rehoboth, the place of many rooms. He said, now the Lord has made room for us and we shall prosper in the land. That is somebody's testimony from now. I prophesy over you today before this year is over. Somebody, you are stepping into your Rehoboth. I said you are stepping into your Rehoboth. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are stepping into Rehoboth. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I said, thank you, Father. Let's move fast today. Glory be to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8, you know what that says. Paul writes and he said, God and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. <laughs> that you always, somebody say always. always. Tap your neighbor and say always. always. Uh, say always, having sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That is the covenant. And you know why I'm stressing this tonight? Please follow me carefully. You see, when... Let me give an example of what I'm talking about. Pastor Yemi loves Pastor Bimbo. Every time we're talking or we're somewhere, and, you know, he will call her sometimes and just, you know, ah, let me quickly call Bimbo. You know, I've not spoken to her. Maybe, you know, some of those trips we take and all that. 
it is one of the easiest things for him to do. He doesn't need encouragement from me to call his wife. He has gotten accustomed to it. He loves to do it. So when I'm saying that God loves to fulfill the covenant of abundance, he does not need serious encouragement. He just needs you to do the right thing. Yeah. He just, he just needs you to, to position properly. Position with your seed. Position in your mind. Yeah. And then the rest. You know, one of the easiest things to do on earth is what God wants done. That's why Jesus said, pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things that God wants to see done on earth is that his own children prosper on earth. Because he said, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that is, everyone that dwells within it. So you, I, I tell them in our church, you can't be, your father cannot own heaven and earth. And you don't have a portion of earth. You're only open for a portion of heaven. Let's start from here. Let's start from here. Yeah. Let's start from here. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And it's my father. I can't wait to translate to heaven to go and walk on the street of God, right? But he also owns here. So I must take my inheritance also here. If he's truly my father and he owns everything, to get a plot in Lagos should not be a problem. <laughs> Are you still with me today? It shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> to get a plot in Lagos should not be a problem. I just need to know the right things to do. The remaining time that I have, I want to open us up to a few things that hinder believers from being able to walk in the covenant of abundance. And they are not very deep things. They are seemingly very simple things. But God sent me here tonight to deliver some people. Yeah. yeah. To deliver. Because if you will hold the things I'm sharing tonight, for somebody, this is your deliverance service. I said this is your deliverance service. Uh, somebody shout a better amen. amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> somebody, this is your deliverance service. In the name of Jesus. How to cultivate the abundance mindset. You see, in church, we have emphasized and we'll continue to emphasize the need for you to always have a seed in the ground. But some people don't understand that your seed does not help God. Your seed helps you. No, because some people, you know, when we preach seed from the point of view of sacrifice and God will smear, as if God does not smear your own, he cannot lift it tomorrow. <laughs> That's the way some people see it. That uh, God then smells my sacrifice and then he will be happy and then he will now bless me. <laughs> you see, uh, you, you know the song from Maverick City, Jaira. It starts from, 
I'll never be more loved than I am right now. <laughs> if you know that song, yeah. Uh, the truth is that the way you are, God loves you like that. But some reconfiguration must happen in my mind and in your heart, in your mind. The issue is this. There's something that the seed that you have in your hand does to your mind that repositions you for unusual harvest. My seed does not change God. It changes me. Yeah, it changes me. When in Genesis, 20, uh, Genesis 22, when Abraham, I think from verse 14, sacrificed Isaac, do you think that God changed? No. God saw a man that has repositioned to maximize the covenant because he asked him for one thing that was most important to him. God is always looking for who to bless and is looking for who will position properly, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The goods are ready. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's like God is always saying, clear your warehouse. I need to deposit and your warehouse is full. <laughs> It's, it's, too, it's full. Where will we put what we are bringing? So, my seed does not change God. It repositions me for what God is already delighted in doing. When you are holding on to what you are supposed to release, <laughs> you know, I'm speaking to you tonight as a man who just experienced something like that. How do I mean? We just finished Accelerate Conference and just like, you know, recharge offering, we have Accelerate Seed. A sister was giving a testimony on Thursday night. Thursday. And as I was sitting down like this, listening to the sister, I already had my mind about my Accelerate Seed. The sister was now giving a testimony about Last year, as a conference, you know, I came here. Uh, I'm a member of this church. I already had what I was going to sow, but God spoke to me and my husband. The money, they wanted to buy a house. He said, the money, God told them to take a chunk of it and sow it. And he said, they obeyed. The only thing was that the remaining, they shall have found one house to deposit it for. And I see village people were on their case. The remaining that they deposit, they swindled them. <laughs> so it now looked like, are we crazy? Did we even hear God? <laughs> so he said, while they were still licking their wounds, and God was reassuring her that, no, you were led. I was ready for you. But so why did they carry our money away? Both the land, the money, we can't find. He said, while they were, they were just praying and just praising God, and then he said, an idea came to him that, or her husband, that they should uh, talk to one particular family member. The man does not give people money. But that maybe he can help them. And they don't know where this thought was coming from. How can you go and talk to a stingy person? <laughs> to cut the long story short, the stingy man was the one that came to them by himself and asked you know, how it could be of them. And they said, oh, we deposited for a house. They carried our money away. The money was not even enough. The man paid for a house for them. I'm telling you a testimony last week oh, that, that did something to me. Listen. The man paid for a house for them. But beyond that, the man visited them. 
when they were still trying to put the house, you know, newly built house, maybe it was even like carcass, they didn't finish it well or something. The man visited and still looked around and said, no, you, can, you should change this, you should change that. And then, and, and said, okay, all this should cost maybe, uh, maybe like 10 million. I wrote another check and dropped it for them to make sure that the house was okay. A man that does not give people money, that has a reputation in their family to be stingy. But imagine that they did not clear house when God says, drop. How will this one find place? They will have swindled the entire money plus, plus the seed. You know, the Bible says it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. If they had lumped their seed and bread together, they would have carried everything. There would be no seed in the ground that would prompt this ravenous man, this ravenous bird. You know, ravens don't... Uh, Ravenous bird, they don't, uh, they are stingy. Uh, and the Bible says, God calls the ravenous man bird from the east, and the man that executes his counsel from a far country. May his counsel in your life not be delayed again. Yeah. I said, may his counsel in your life not be delayed again. Yeah. Now, this is where I'm going. As I was listening to her, God was telling me, see that your seed is not what I want. And referred me to something else that. Uh, that's what I want. I was, I was shaking my head like that. That maybe the thoughts would just go. It would be for us. <laughs> and, you know, I, was, I was like shaking my head. The thing should just leave. It did not go. It was there. Until I got home and I told my wife, this is what God is telling me. And my wife said, yeah, if that's what God wants, that's it. And that's it. But you know, by the next day, when I went to church and and just released it. My mind has become open, open to all kinds of possibilities since that time. You may have heard me tell this story before. I'll tell you quickly. I'll get back into the world. Everyone online, listen to this. The way the mind of a man works, it can stop abundance. I'm going to share with you three things that blocks abundance, and I'll wrap up with prayer. The way the man of a man works, you know, it's like this story you may have heard it from me before. A man that went to the uh, 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 what did they call, to the lake to fish, and he went with the fishing rod and all that. He sat down, he brought you know his bow, and then he will fish, bring one fish out, and then put it inside the bowl. Some other ones he will throw them back. Two people were watching him doing all this, they noticed that the ones he was throwing back were the bigger ones. So they approached him. Sir, is there a philosophy to this fishing method? That it is the small fish that you are putting inside your bowl and the bigger one you are throwing it back. Man said, there's no philosophy to it. Before I left home, see this rod, I used to measure the diameter of my frying pan. Any fish that is longer than it, my frying pan cannot accommodate it. So that's why I told them back. They're saying, ah. That is what happens to some people in the spirit. When your mind has been narrowed and it's consistently escaping the covenant of abundance. That's why I'm here. Because that's what end tonight. Oh, can I get a better Amen. You know the way, there's a way a man's mind, a woman's mind can work that 
big opportunities will not be able to locate you. Yeah. You are like somebody who wants to catch, catch a whale and is fishing at the pond. Yeah, behind his house. Have you seen a whale there before? If you want a whale, you go to Atlantic Ocean or Pacific Ocean. That's where you are. But there's a, a way a man's mind can walk. When you see Atlantic Ocean, you just walk away. Yeah. And yet, you are looking for a way. See, when a believer is at that level, even if they pour anointing on your head, if it does not expand your frying pan, it's a waste of oil. Tonight, there's oil here that will expand people's frying pan. In the name of the Lord Jesus, nothing will hold your mind small again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Is somebody hearing me tonight? I said, are you hearing me tonight? All right. Let's get into it quickly. The first one, thing that I want to talk about is scarcity mindset. It's a result of prolonged season of lack. I want you to make up your mind tonight. Lift your right hand with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the hold of scarcity mindset over my life in the name of Jesus. Say, from this moment, I walk free of scarcity mindset in the name of Jesus. The big question tonight is how are you handling your past experiences? You see, if you have experienced lack before, it positions itself like a boundary around your mind. If you're growing up and they've sent you back home from school before for lack of school fees. There are certain schools you will no, never want to attend. Especially when the money is plenty. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you see anybody who aspired and who is not only aspiring but sending their kids to good schools and releasing their faith for money, despite the fact that they went to local schools, covenant is working in their mind. The covenant. It's the effect of the covenant. When you see people that lack covenant mindset, they will say, ah, you know, the kind of school I went, that's the kind of school my children should go. Is somebody hearing me tonight? The scarcity mindset most often operates based on the experience of the past. The world operates on the controlled demand and supply economics model. And it encourages artificial scarcity. Because it's law of demand and supply. But heaven operates differently. It doesn't operate demand, you know, that kind of demand and supply. That creates artificial scarcity. It operates real demand and supply. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall open. To him that asks and to him that knocks, the door opens. That's what the scripture says. So the kingdom of God runs on an abundance economic model. Whenever God shows up, there's more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. Whenever God shows up, say, Father, let your kingdom come in my life. I cannot hear you. Say, Father, let your kingdom come in my life. If there's anyone here who has experienced prolonged season of lack, its hold is broken over your mind. 
in the name of Jesus. Past experiences do not accurately predict the future. Only the revelation of God's word is an accurate predictor of my future, not my past experience. I don't care what kind of experience you've had, but except you allow the word of God to be the accurate predictor of your future. You will be held back to that experience. You remember the story in 2 Kings chapter 7. A prophet showed up in verse 18, just like I'm speaking to you tonight. The Bible says, so it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two says of Bali, for a shekel and a seer of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. The Bible says, then the officer had answered the man of God and said, now look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he had said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. The Bible says, and so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. That was a man whose mind refused to align with the word of God. Global Impact Church, Richard Conference 2023, will give you experiences like the type that Elijah had with the king when he declared the word of God by this time tomorrow operating with a different economic model <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying but you see somebody who had experienced you know the Bible says there was a siege on Samaria yeah nothing going in nothing people started killing their children the thing had entered into the minister of finance yeah, you know, it has entered and eaten deep into him. Just that experience. He heard a prophetic word. He disdained the prophetic word. He rationalized the prophetic word. He intellectualized the prophetic word. And he paid with his life. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Yeah. On behalf of your family, please believe the prophetic word. Don't rationalize it. Believe the prophetic word. Because something is breaking loose in this church. Something is breaking loose in your family. Something is breaking loose in your household. Somebody listen to me from outside of Nigeria. Listen to me and hear me well. The economy of your nation is not the economy of heaven. Whether you're in Great Britain, Canada, wherever you're joining us from, please hear me and hear me well. I speak to you as a prophet of the Most High. The economy of that nation will no longer control the economy of your home. In the name of the Lord Jesus, if you believe this tonight, I believe the heaven is opening over your household. Something new, something fresh, new sources, new opportunities coming your way this season. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's move very quickly. The second one is a victim mindset. A victim mindset. 
You know, in Numbers 13, they sent some spies to check the promised land. The spies saw the promised land from the lens of a victim from Egypt. Can somebody say with me today? You see, these spies were descendants of Abraham. Children of Jacob. The only problem was that they had been in Egypt for 400 years plus. With that lens, without the Holy Ghost, they cannot see anything better. Even when they see opportunities, they will be second-guessing it. It was only Joshua and Caleb. The Bible says they quieted them and said, we are more than able to go and possess the land. While these other guys were seeing opportunities as challenges, they had a victim mindset that held them back. My pastor told me a story many years ago that he was in a rich man's house and a rich, the rich man's friend visited him. So both of them were discussing. And after a while, and that time, he was still a tenant. Yeah. <laughs> and they were now discussing about their houses. So the man was saying, oh, remember that uh, my house in Victoria Island? Uh, I just sold it and I bought two in Ekoi. That one just said, oh, that's so, you know, you know that my house uh, in, in London. I just bought another one to join. And he said he sat there. He was listening. And it, it sounded as if they were speaking Greek. See, after a while, it looked like the Holy Ghost knocked his head to say, open, open. Behave as if you are one of them. Stop feeling strange because it starts with how you are feeling. And he said, after a while, I just started smiling and nodding his head as we were speaking. <laughs> just started smiling. See, that's what happened. Your mind starts to open. Yeah. You know, someone once said that the mind of a man is like a parachute. It does not work except it's open. You know, if you are jumping from this and you try to open parachute and it doesn't open, you will crash. But if it opens, you will land safely. That's how the mind is. It has to be open, open. Touch your head, touch your head. Say, my mind, open up. Open to possibilities. Open to new abundance. Open to increase. From retired 2023. Open up! Say it again, say open up! In the name of Jesus. The difference between Joshua and Caleb was the open mind. Open mind, open mind, open mind. I've had two experiences that I'll share in closing that has helped me. And I need somebody to understand this. The place of the word of God in our mind, causing it to open up, I cannot overemphasize it. How the word of God to just sit there and just wash your mind. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4 verse 16, it said the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. There's a need for light, light that will open up your mind for you to receive that light from here. Somebody must make a fresh covenant with God that my mind will no longer sabotage the covenant. Because the mind of a man is very powerful. Yeah. Lastly tonight, salary mindset. I can hear mm. Mm. salary mindset 
Consider a channel. You know, salary mindset considers a channel of supply as the ultimate source, which is just a channel of supply. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say your salary? It's just a channel. It is not your source. Say God is not limited to one channel. When he has hundred channels, he has a thousand channels through which he can bless you. But when you are too fixated on one channel, you can limit God to that one channel. Are you still with me tonight? Yeah. You can limit God to that one channel. I had an experience while I was pastoring at Daystar as an associate pastor. This was many years ago, maybe 2005 or so. You know, there's a mind that you can have, for instance, that in a church like this, if they're going to give somebody a car, that would be the senior pastor. It's a mindset. Some of those things respond to your seed. It's not about, sometimes not about position. Or in the office, that the person that qualifies for the next promotion is uh, this, my boss. Me, I'm not qualified. It's a mindset. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The same way, salary mindset can limit people. You see, if you are tied to salary mindset, you'll be doing calculation. The type that, uh, is it in John 6 or so, that Philip was doing, when Jesus wanted to feed the 5,000, said, where can we get bread that we can feed these people? Philip said, 200 dinari, what of bread. Jesus not mention money. No money, no money at all. And the amount that Philip mentioned, you know, Bible historian said that was about his one year salary. Yeah. All Philip was thinking is, Reverend Jesus, if I sow my salary for the entire year, we can't handle this crusade. So let's just send them away. Because he said, where can we get bread that we can feed? He doesn't even know whether Jesus has money. He was asking for bread, not money. He took it to money. And just blotted out. My one year salary cannot even do this. If we consider. Just in case you are thinking that God will lead me to sow my one year salary. To go to my house and collect salary advance and come and donate. No, it cannot solve the problem. So let's just send them away. That's what salary mindset does to people. And I've come to speak to somebody tonight that the hold of salary mindset is broken over your life. Your salary is just a channel. God is the source. Yeah. Do you know, for instance, how many channels of electricity we have in this room? Every light that you see is a channel of electricity. One cable that is going into it. That's how channels work. The generator or transformer outside is the source. These ones are just channels. So you now look at this light and say, this is the only electricity that is in this room. You are mistaken. Your salary is just like one of that. And when you cooperate with God, it can open things up. So the testimony I was sharing, Pastor Yemi, I, I still remember very well at uh, this garden at Antony. What's the name of that? Shoulders Garden. We had an event. I was zona pastor. Maryland, Antony, and all those regions for Desta. We had an event. 
a brother walked up to me and said, Pastor, I just uh, got a BMW car. I wanted to help me pray over it. They just finished Koja. Uh, that, uh, you know all those uh, BMW that they bought for the Olympic? Uh, he bought one after. And I went there, prayed over the car. <laughs> and I said, ah, this is a nice car. And the brother asked me, Pastor, it looks like you like this car. I said, yes, I like it. It's a nice car. <laughs> and I blessed the car and walked away. One week later, the car was parked in front of my house. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody knocked at my door. At Chichuanimashaun Street in Bagada. And came and, uh, you know, said he wanted to see me. He was the same brother. He had already changed the document of the car to my name. And he came with the key. Yeah. I asked him. Why you came with your wife? Why did you come in two cars? Are you coming from two different places? He said, no. Because we're going in this other car back home. This is now your own. I asked him, what happened? <laughs> As in, I was so dumbfounded. I was looking like this. I said, what happened? He said, what happened? <laughs> he said, we just came to bless you with a car. I, he said, I asked you that day at Shudder's Garden. Pastor, you like the car? And I said, yeah, yes, it's a nice car. <laughs> See, they were driving off. I was waking myself up. That if this is a dream, I don't want to wake up, but let me test it. Maybe I will wake up because I don't want to be disappointed. You know, some kind of dream you will have, you will just cover yourself with the blanket when you wake up. Now, what is this? Ah, why did I wake up? <laughs> See, but you know the effect of that incident in my life. I stand before you, before God, and I lie not as I close. The effect of that incident in my life was that it was the first time ever in my life that I got a signal. You must never limit God by your salary. Because when I looked at the cost of that car, it was like my five-year salary. I'm telling you the truth, I lie not. Yeah. So you can imagine how I felt entering that car the next day and driving it to my pastor's house to say, Pastor, see what the Lord has done. Oh, see what the Lord. What we waited for has come to pass. Pastor, can I cannot have one minute? Just because of the pastors and business owners here, and that may be online, I had a second life-changing experience based on what I'm sharing tonight. This happened in 2014. Now, the Elevation Church has started. We were looking for a property, a landed property. And that's where Pieces Conference Center is today. This was 2013, actually. We're looking for 10,000 square meters of land yeah. to move our church from the current location to. The only problem, I've shared this before, the only problem was that Pastor Timothy, who was my PA then, all the real estate agents, they will bring proposal. 
there was not one proposal that was less than one billion. And every time I saw that proposal, as in that uh, land asking price, one, I'll just tell him, file it away. <laughs> because in my, my mind was this small. Like the guy, you know, the, the, the frying pan man, uh -huh. I just say, file it away. I say, alarm, no, alarm won't blow, as in fuse. You know the fuse in my... The, you see, that I've come tonight to help somebody. You have to tell God, before you leave this place tonight, that no amount of money will blow my fuse. No, no. You know, for the sake of anybody that doesn't understand fuse blowing, when electricity is coming to a plug, that's why they put fuse there. If it's too much for that socket, the fuse will short-circuit it so that it does not blow your fridge or your recorder or whatever you plug to power. That's how it works. Whatever, see, so that somebody will not run mad. Whatever is too big, they filter it away. That was what was happening to me. One Saturday morning, I woke up and I took a prayer walk. <laughs> that day, God touched my heart and said, if you continue like this, you will destroy this church. You are the one standing on the way of the progress of this church. Everything grows in the mind of the leader. If you are running a small business here, until you start to tell yourself, it's not a small business, it's a big business. You are the one that will be standing on the path of that business. I literally held our church down from what God wanted to do for more than one year because my mind had not opened up. When my mind opened up, I told my PA, go and bring all the letters that have been filing away. We're going to look. Now I can read them. I've received grace to read it. Yeah. Read it and be comfortable reading it. Yeah. Be comfortable reading. You see, someone says, but mother, you can chew and God will help you to chew it. It is when your mind starts to enlarge to accommodate it. Can I tell you something? When God will bless Abraham, the father of faith, he took him out. He said, look. Yeah. He said, as far as your eyes can see, what the eyes see, the mind interprets. If the mind limits it, the eyes will not be able to see it. Yeah. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. You are to retire 2023 so that something can enlarge, 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 enlarge. Nothing will blow your fuse again. Yeah. Lastly tonight, as I started to read those things and my mind started to accommodate them, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, I started to see possibilities. What I was running away from, I got comfortable with. I sat with our building committee. They were discussing big money. I was sweating under AC. But I said, I'm not going to live here. I will sit with them here. They were planning as if it was that money. <laughs> and they would look at me and smile. And in my mind, I was saying, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Because, you know, the kind of thing where people can just get angry and tear the paper and walk away. Pastor, why did you put us here if you know? <laughs> if you know there's nothing. But my mind has enlarged. 
I've become comfortable with discussing big things. Rest on your feet, everyone. Rest on your feet. In the next three minutes, I want you to do something. Lord, bring grace, information, whatever will make me comfortable with my next level. My next level must no longer terrorize my mind. Because what was happening to me was that my next level was terrorizing, was troubling my heart, my mind. Yeah. You cannot walk in the covenant of abundance if your next level is threatening you. Lift your two hands to Jesus. And say, Father, I release my mind to you. At this mountain of transfiguration, retired 2023, I release my mind to you. Lord, enlarge my heart. Holy Spirit, enlarge my heart. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Say, Father, give me a revelation knowledge. Break every fine path. Break every fine path. Break every fine path. Empower my mind to incubate a new destiny. Cause my eyes to see something new. Cause my eyes to see something new. Somebody break that salary mindset right now. Somebody break that victim mindset right now. Somebody break that casting mindset right now. Break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it. It shall no longer limit you. Break it, break it, break it. Somebody online, break it, break it, break it. Break that salary mindset. Break that casting mindset. Say, Father, I release my mind to operate in the covenant. I release my mind for the covenant of abundance. Covenant keeping God. Cause my mind to accommodate the covenant. Cause my mind to make provision for covenant sources. Cause my mind to make provision for covenant sources. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. In the name that is above every name. I speak over you today. Every limiting mindset broken. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We pull down every thought. That is rising. Above the knowledge of God for your life. And we declare in the name of Jesus. The hand of God. Enlarges your mind. Fresh revelation. Fresh understanding. From this conference, your mind becomes open to receive the fullness of the covenant of abundance. 
nothing will remain small around you. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen.